0: the statements made in this episode only reflect the perspectives of those individuals present in this podcast and do not reflect csto as a organization
1: during the third episode of castle speaks we are going to continue the conversation about fear for this episode, we will discuss tactics that Trump uses and how he has invoked fear to
2: divide America,
1: ultimately leading to his election as a United States president.
2: Stay tuned for more. In this segment, we are here with me, Angela, Cheyenne, hi, and Kaylania.
3: Hi. In this segment, we will be discussing topics related to President Trump. We will be covering topics such as strategies that Trump uses throughout his
2: presidential
3: campaign and the issues that have been and will be affected by Trump's tactics.
2: So, guys, how do you think Trump uses fear, manipulation, and othering to come into power?
3: One technique Trump uses is gaslighting, which blinds people from the truth by spouting out lies. For example, Trump says something like, oh, all these immigrants are taking our jobs, an immigrant this, an immigrant that. He uses this so much that it confuses people, especially with someone who does not have a job and no ed- education. Those who are vulnerable to getting back the old America wants a leader and an answer why they are facing these problems. This makes them look up to Trump as a reliable source and as someone who can make America, quote, great
2: again. Another tactic that Trump uses is invoking fear into people. For example, in his presidential campaign, he will often say, you're going to have more world trade centers. It's going to get worse and worse, folks. And things like, when Mexico sends its people, they're not sending their best. They're bringing drugs, they're bringing crime, they're rapists. And some, I assume, are good people. It doesn't matter whether the facts are correct or not, but Trump will say whatever it will take that would scare the public into believing him and taking his side.
4: Americans and immigrants are scared for their lives because Trump makes terrible threats and comments towards them. Trump is a person that people are scared of, and it's really understandable because he is technically capable of doing anything that we cannot control. The job of the president is to protect its people, but Trump is only interested in himself.
2: Trump also likes to dismiss his past controversial actions with humor. For example, Trump is known to have made many demeaning comments towards women, such as calling them fat pigs, dogs, slobs, and disgusting animals. When Fox News anchor Megyn Kelly asked Trump about these comments, he stares attention away from him by using what he thinks is called humor. Instead of addressing his actions about calling women fat pigs, he mentioned Rosie O'Donnell as he as who he thinks is an example of being a fat pig. This comment caused laughter among the audience and also made the audience forget the main reason why the question was asked. In short, Trump had avoided a question that had the potential to put him in a bad light by using humor, and even though his joke to cover up his tracks wasn't even funny to me, to be honest. If anything, it was as demeaning and offensive as the previous comments he made in the
5: past.
3: What tactics were apparent and what tactics may have gone under the radar until he was
2: elected? In my opinion, many of his tactics, if not all, have gone under the radar up until he was elected. After all, he did end up getting elected to be the President of the United States. If his tactics hadn't gone under the radar, Trump may have had a harder time getting elected. Clearly, this wasn't what happened. However, if I were to be specific and pick one of the tactics that had gone under the radar, it would have been the method of painting everything as black and white. For example, Trump would often say, we're going to start winning so much that you're gonna get used to winning instead of getting used to losing. This is an effective tactic because it makes things easier for the audience to decide on two choices rather than having so many points to go through. In other words, it comforts people to tell them that things are either this or that because it makes them feel like they understand the global affairs that are occurring. This example is not just used by Trump. Another example of this tactic being used is when George W. Bush said, either you're with us or you're with the terrorists.
3: A huge tactic that was apparent was being hostile and provoking anger. He says things like immigrants are taking all the jobs and that all Muslims are terrorists. Trump uses his hostility to go hand-in-hand with his gaslighting, spreading false information, but since it has been said so much that people believe it is true. He riles up crowds so that they can see him as someone who knows what to do. That is another tactic he uses that makes Trump supporters believe that he is the only one to rely on because, over the years, they felt like they couldn't get out of their problem. These people like to blame others and not themselves and need someone like Trump to help solve their own problems, which is why the tactic
4: works so well. He doesn't care that he is affecting the confidence in women and making some of us feel comfortable to be around some men, especially white men, by making disgusting, nasty slurs about all. It sends a message to the country that this language and these actions are okay, and they just are not.
2: Yeah, I agree with everything you guys said. Often people see Trump as someone who's very different from the typical politicians. They think Trump is different because he is very blunt with his opinions and is not afraid to speak his mind. They think this way because Trump has spoken openly about many controversial issues that many politicians would have talked about carefully and diplomatically. Therefore, many people think that Trump is someone who is for the people because he has the confidence to touch on these topics. Because of how different Trump acts, people forget that Trump uses just as many tactics as any politician would. I think this is what makes the tactics he uses seem less obvious and essentially have gone under the
4: radar. What other contemporary social issues that are being affected by fear slash trump tactics, or, for an example, healthcare?
3: Another social issue being affected by Trump's tactics is the Syrian refugee crisis. People in Syria are being involved in war and innocent people are trying to get out by risking their lives. A bunch of people try to fit on a boat to voyage to another country so they won't get bombed or killed. These innocent people's homes are destroyed by war and they need to find refuge, but are then rejected a place to stay, especially in America. Trump continues to degrade people and wants to continue insulting and dehumanizing people. He calls Muslims terrorists America has been struck by 9-11, which created an idea that all Muslims are terrorists. This makes it hard for those of the Muslim faith trying to live here or trying to get refuge. Also, there has been more of bullying in schools towards Muslims in schools, and it's really sad that a president encourages bullying.
2: Healthcare is definitely also one of the main problems that are being affected by Trump's tactics. Ever since Obama put Obamacare in place, the Republicans have always wanted to repeal this plan. One of Trump's promises during his presidential campaign was to repeal Obamacare and establish another plan that is much better. Now that Trump is president, he is fulfilling his promise by proposing a new health care plan recently. However, the health care plan was rejected by the Democrats and most ironically, the Republicans. What is even more ridiculous to me is that the health care proposal benefits the wrong group of people. I mean, you would think that health care is supposed to help the sick and the poor, right? This is simply not the case because Trump's health care plan would have only helped young, wealthy insurers. This plan will also give massive tax cuts to rich people. While this plan will also give subsidies to the middle class who did not get them from Obamacare, this will only work by forcing 4 to 6 million poor people out of Medicaid. Premiums are also going to go up. What is most ironic to me about this proposal is that the plan couldn't pass because overwhelming negative responses from the from the. Republicans. Keep in mind that the House, Senate, and the White House is majority Republican. With the replacement plan being rejected, Obamacare will still be in place for the foreseeable future. I think this shows how incapable Trump is as president. While he is trying to keep his promises, I feel like he likes to rush to finish each task, making each proposal he proposes or orders seem sloppy, chaotic, and honestly just plain wrong. Let's also keep in mind that he has also signed many executive orders with just being three months into being president, which is unheard
4: of. White people are scared because they think black people are ruining society for everyone else through violence, for an example, shootings, stabbing, violence, etc. White people are seeing racist slurs that, racist slurs and threats because they think that blacks don't belong in here in this country. Mm-hmm. Many still believe that the KKK should continue to practice their beliefs in violent acts toward people they discriminate against. There is a lack of respect towards people of color, and there is a constant back and forth between groups of people showing hatred towards one another. We need to start to end racism in this world.
3: Well, this concludes our segment on the tactics that Trump has used throughout his presidential campaign and will continue throughout his term in office. Keep listening on for the next segment.
6: This podcast is sponsored by the Chinese Youth Initiative. Their mission is to develop youth leadership in the Chinese American community, bringing awareness about issues Chinese Americans are facing and organizing within the community. The CYI has worked with the CSTO team program and discussed about the gentrification happening around us. They had a workshop with us, the CSTO team program, interns teaching about the gentrification in Boston's Chinatown area. Working with the Chinese Youth Initiative was a great opportunity to learn about housing in our community. CYI is accepting application for their summer program until May 12th. To learn more, visit www.cpaboston.org CYI 2017.
3: This concludes our discussion on Trump's tactics to divide America on social issues and how it has affected our society. Our upcoming segment will be about our current president, Donald Trump, and how he shows behaviors of being a fascist. Hi, I am Yu
1: Chang, and I'm here with Elizabeth. Hi. Calvin. Hey. And Grace. Hi. In this episode, we will be discussing some facts about the Muslim ban and what people who are interested in making changes can do. We will also be discussing our current president, Donald J. Trump, fascism, and how Trump has shown some behaviors that can be considered fascist. So Elizabeth, what do you think about Donald Trump's executive order on Muslim ban?
7: The thing that doesn't make sense to me is that he banned the countries around the country that actually caused the 9-11. The countries that were banned were Syria, Iraq, Iran, Sudan, Somalia, Libya, and Yemen. But the one involved in the bombing was Saudi Arabia. Donald Trump doesn't make the best decisions. I know, right? Unbelievable. And he doesn't really care about most things. He is just making selfish decisions and doesn't put his mind to it. What do you think, Calvin?
8: The executive order that Trump made just made America worse. This order that he made affects families all over America. These f- people come here for refuge or family, but now they are stuck in these airports. Some of these people are sent back and could be killed. What do you think, Grace?
5: I think this isn't fair because America was made to let people in. For Donald Trump to ban Muslim countries, it's like saying they aren't allowed, and we are making them outsiders. It's like saying America isn't America anymore. What do you think, Yu Chang? The Muslim ban was an executive order by President Donald Trump
1: that lowered the number of refugees to be admitted into the United States in 2017 to 50,000. It was fueled by fear because some Americans feared that the Muslims that immigrated to America would be dangerous. So from fear, they do not want any danger. And it was also fueled by power because Donald Trump is abusing his executive power and is encouraging hateful language and acts of violence.
7: Now we will be talking about fascism and how Trump may be a fascist.
5: What is your knowledge on this, Grace? Fascism is when someone tries to control everything. They want all the power. I think Trump is a fascist because he doesn't want immigrants to come and wants to ship immigrants back to their country. The U.S. is made up of immigrants, and he wants to bring them back to where they came from and not let anyone in anymore. He wants to build a wall that would keep Mexicans away. He wants to do this so he can have power over people by creating controversial issues to further divide Americans. Many people argue that Trump isn't a fascist. The debate over whether it makes sense to call Donald Trump a fascist began during the Republican primary and continues after his election to the presidency. Academics have fought passionately over how to define fascism. Fascists were nationalists. They believed the nation rather than individuals or classes. They shared a deep suspicion of capitalism They were deeply anti-liberal and anti-democratic. They embraced violence as a means and an end. They think Trump isn't a fascist because they think he is a right-wing populist, which is to support the concern of ordinary people. They also describe Trump as a serial norm breaker. What about you, Elizabeth? I say that Trump is a fascist
7: because he is scared of outsiders, Muslim ban relation, He conveys aggressively, like communicating aggressively and being really disrespectful. In one of his tweets, he says, "Lightweight choker, Marco Rubio looks like a little boy on stage, not presidential material." Also, in another one of his tweets, he says, "I hear that dopey political punwit, Lawrence O'Donnell, one of the dumber people on television, is about to lose his show no ratings. Too bad." This shows that he is celebrating aggressive masculinity, which is one of the things that proves someone to be fascist.
8: Now we will talk about what the people think about Trump's presidency and how they react to it. What is your story, Grace?
5: In the video I watched, a lot of people are trying to leave their country. Germany has let a lot of refugees in their country. The people actually welcomed them in. Many refugees aren't allowed in the country they want to go to. Some need to wait. For months or even years A camerawoman in Hungary abused refugees that were attempting to enter the country In Slovakia, some people have claimed that they don't want Muslims I don't really like this because a lot of refugees just want to live in a safe country And many people aren't letting them come in Many people have to wait years and years That means they would have to find a place to live and find a job Not many people can find jobs and homes What about you, Yucheng? In Ohio this week,
1: a two-hour public protest was held organized by Rami M. Hassan and Kayin Sola Mercy Oye. Both are first-generation immigrants, started planning for an event immediately after Trump signed the executive order to temporarily banning all refugees, as well as immigrants from seven majority Muslim countries. At the rally on Wednesday, Say it loud, say it clear, refugees are welcome here can be heard as protesters held up signs reading Muslim
7: lives matter what about you Elizabeth Mona Khalifa writes about how her grandma and how she might have not been able to see her ever again her grandma is from Iran and since Trump decided to ban seven countries from the Middle East who knows if she's going to see her again Iran decided to do the same thing in the U.S. and ban us, not letting U.S. citizens enter their country, which means that she may not be able to visit her grandmother during vacation or whenever she wanted. What if her grandma dies? She won't be able to go to her funeral. Also, if her grandma decides to leave Iran just to see her family here in America, there is a chance she can lose everything. Her house, her job, her grandma owns an apartment complex. Everything her grandma worked for here and in Iran will be for nothing, just because of the careless decision Trump made. Table flip. Mona was also talking about how this may affect other families of people who live in the other six banned countries. This really impacts their life, and they may not see their families again because of the ban. Like it did to Iran, those other countries may break the treaty America has with them, and it can cause wars. What about you, Calvin?
8: the article How Immigrants and Refugees Can Protect Their Rights During Trump's Muslim Ban talks about if you were an undocumented immigrant or some ways to avoid getting deported. One of them is to not travel at all during the executive order. Traveling while you are an undocumented immigrant is risky because you may not be you might not come back if you are from one of those 7 countries that are affected by the ban. Another one is to know your rights. Even if you are an undocumented immigrant, you still have rights in the United States. One of the rights is to remain silent. That means if anyone comes up questioning you about you, all you have to say is that you have the right to remain silent. Also, if they ask you for identification, you don't have to give it to them unless they have a good reasoning.
5: So that concludes our group's discussion about the Muslim ban, fascism, and how we can make a change for the better. Now you will listen to the next group. If you are experiencing any issues due to Trump's Muslim ban, we urge you to contact the American Civil Liberties Union in your state. You can contact Boston's ACLU at 617-482-3170. And now, a
3: word from our sponsors. We would like to give a special shout-out to a local organization, IBA. IBA is a youth development program that fosters social, emotional, intellectual, and artistic growth in young people between 14 and 18 years old, while helping them develop 21st century skills to be successful in life. It was an honor to host three of IBA's youth on our Perspective of Power Youth panel in December while they shared stories of how power affected their lives. To learn more,
5: please visit ibaboston.org. This is the end of segment two's discussion on fascism and the Muslim ban in the U.S. Stay tuned for segment three, which is about Trump's executive orders and how it is impacting people in the United States. For this segment, Alyssa, Queenie, and I
6: will be discussing about our current president, Donald Trump, and his new executive orders for the U.S. In this discussion, we will be focusing on how Trump's action is in relation with fair. It has been less than 100 days since Trump stepped into office. However, Trump has issued
0: many controversial executive orders. Some of his controversial orders focuses on foreign policy, something Trump had always stressed about during his presidential campaign.
9: Wendy, would you like to explain one of Trump's plans regarding foreign policy and what's the motive behind it? Yes, yes, yes. Well, Trump is planning to ban six
6: of the Middle East country from coming to the U.S. because he believes these people are considered to be a threat to our country. Currently, there is a 90-day ban for people from Syria, Iran, Libya, Somalia, Sudan, and Yemen from entering the U.S. This can be problematic for them because these countries are endangered by jihadis who are extreme Islamists. This is worrisome for many future immigrants and American citizens because this is promoting racism, xenophobia, and racial profiling. So how are Trump's immigration plan not consistent with American values and the constitution?
9: This is unconstitutional because he is breaking a law and is not disgusting about it with the lawmakers. It violates people's freedom and religion. This law he may might end up being discussed in the Supreme Court. He broke a law that was meant to allow anyone to come to our country. A Harvard Law lecturer, Ann Samuel, is saying that there is a way that we can stop the law. I totally agree with Queenie, and
6: plus this is going against with American values because the U.S. is a melting pot of different people from different countries. If we forbid a certain group because of one person's
9: biases, then this is nothing more than a dictatorship. How is Trump using fear as tactic to implement immigration policy, and what moments in history are similar to Trump's current immigration policy? He is
0: passing executive orders which are unfair to many people he connected terrorism to Muslim-majority countries. In light of recent attacks around the world, Trump has insisted that the attacks were planned by ISIS. ISIS is an organization which many fear due to the immoral and cruel actions of the regime. This is not the first time a government official has used fear as a tactic to implement immigration policy. In 1882, the U.S. enacted the Chinese Exclusion Act to stop the influx of Chinese immigrants with the excuse that the Chinese were taking jobs away from Americans. In current politics, history is repeating itself, with Trump convincing his supporters that undocumented immigrants are taking jobs away from Americans. Therefore, the U.S. should block incoming (laughs) immigrants from entering the country. Then, the national security would remain stable as danger is kept out. With this mindset, Trump is able to gather support for the construction of his wall, dividing the
6: U.S. and Mexico. Um, Another event in history where it is similar to Trump's current immigration policy was the Japanese internment camp, where the Japanese were relocated to camps after the Pearl Harbor attack. This was unfair to many Japanese Americans because it wasn't even those people who attacked the harbor, and they had to take the punishment. In the end, the U.S. had to pay reparation back to the Japanese-American. I feel like Trump's policy is going to be similar to our past, and we need to understand that this is not something we should do or allow to happen.
9: There is also historical events called Operation Wetback. Back. It was an immigration law that was created by Joseph Swing, the director of United States INS, And with the Mexican government, the law was made on May 1954. They were trying to prevent Mexican immigrants from coming to the United States, but made arrests and deportations rise that were civil rights violations, which resulted in several hundred United States citizens being illegally deported without being given a chance to prove their citizenship. It is similar to Trump trying to build the wall currently and preventing immigration from Mexico.
6: At the moment, the immigration system is kind of similar. However, our president has already banned certain countries from immigrating to the US. There are family-based immigration, employment-based immigration, per-country ceilings, refugee and asylees, the diversity visa program, and other forms of humanitarian relief. Depending on your situation, you might come to this country based on these categories. Although there's a wide variety of options for someone to come to this country, there it is still very hard to enter and become a citizen, especially with our current issue with President Trump. In order for documented immigrants to work, they need a green card, but the charge of Getting an immigration lawyer to accompany a client through the green card process can cost $5,000 to $8,000. In order to become a citizen, the people have to go through a lot of troublesome process, which includes a lot of documentation and the infamous U.S. naturalization test.
9: To be a citizen, you must either be born in the U.S., married to a U.S. citizen, or apply for citizenship. Before you are a citizen, as Wendy mentioned, you must hold a visa, green card, or have a refugee, or an asylum status. So it is very complicated to hold a status in the United States.
0: Yeah, becoming an American citizen is already difficult as it is without Trump's restrictions. The immigration process is a lengthy process and requires a lot of time, money, efforts, and patience in order to be approved. There is a certain quota of immigrants that the immigration system allows. However, the
6: demand for citizenship is larger compared to the quota amount. Addressing a concern that many Americans have, should people coming from countries that have exceptional amount of violence be allowed priority through the immigration process? Generally,
0: the reason people from countries that are experiencing turmoil are seeking refuge in other countries is because the refugees want to escape the harsh conditions of their native country. Their native country might be undergoing a war, or the politics there are a threat to democracy. Thus, the lives of citizens may be at risk. It is important that the refugees
6: from those countries are giving a more thoughtful consideration. For example, Hassan is a refugee from Somali who left his country in 2008. He left his country because it was a war-torn country and famine for over 20 years. Throughout Trump's campaign, he was promoting racism by saying outrageous statement without thinking it through. For example, in his campaign, Trump said, They're sending people that have lots of problems, and they're bringing those problems with us. They're bringing drugs, they're bringing crime, they're rapists, and some, I assume, are good people. Honestly, what's wrong with him, and how can he say that to national television but then again you're saying they're good people so what exactly are you trying to say hmm Trump is increasing xenophobia by claiming these things to certain race because of his biases how can he blame a group of people for doing drugs rape and crime I feel that if Trump continues this way of talking people who are ignorant or less educated would imitate these actions towards minorities and create in certain groups The younger generation would be taught these type of bad influences through media and spread it around. His words are encouraging stereotypes and some people take these words as if they're facts.
9: I agree with you, Wendy. Trump has made largely untrue statements about large groups of people, specifically Mexicans, Muslims, and women. This kind of rhetoric is unacceptable and damaging.
0: Yeah, I agree too. Trump increased xenophobia due to the promotion of racism and the ignorance of his supporters. Many of the statements he made are false, but some people don't bother to double-check and choose to believe that the statements he made are actually true. The statements made by Trump typically discriminate someone's religion, gender, and sexuality.
9: What fear-based language is Trump using to get people to support building the wall?
0: As Wendy previously quoted, Trump is using bad adjectives to describe Mexican citizens and immigrants. These adjectives have a negative connotation. That's why people support the wall, because the adjectives result in a certain prejudice against Mexicans. He is creating stereotypes of Mexicans being criminals,
6: rapists, and other mislabels. As I said previously, some people are ignorant or uneducated. So some people would actually take what Trump is saying as facts. I do not believe everyone who is agreeing with Trump are bad people. I believe they are people who just want to be in a country where there are no crimes, no drugs, and etc. However, Trump would use fear-based language by blaming certain race for bad things. Trump is brainwashing people with his belief. Basically, he is saying if we were to bring Mexicans to the country, there would be an increase in drugs, rapists, and crime. But that isn't true because not all Mexicans are criminals. Trump is getting support for building the wall by using fear-based language.
9: This concludes our segment on Trump's immigration policy and how it's being implemented. We discuss about Trump's executive orders and fear is related to it. Thank you for listening to this segment. Tune in for more.
1: Greater Boston Legal Service, or GBLS's mission, is to provide free legal assistance to as many low-income families as possible to help them secure some of the most basic necessities of life. They take clients from all backgrounds, statuses, and incomes. GBLS came to CSTO and taught us about our civil rights when encountering law enforcement, especially ICE. We got to play some fun games while learning about being a good ally to our undocumented brothers and sisters. On a side note, GBLS's Asian Outreach Unit furthers GBLS's mission. ALU's mission is to provide services for Boston's Asian American community that affirm their clients' cultural and linguistic backgrounds. If you or someone you know needs help with their immigration status, please reach out to GBLS at GBLS.org or call their Asian Outreach Unit at 617-603-1726.
5: This concludes our episode on how current politics is driven by fear. As a result, several executive orders have been implemented and those orders largely affect minorities who are trying to immigrate to America for better opportunities but are denied access. Us, the teen interns, are asking you, the listeners, to be an ally by calling your representative as a way to protest these executive orders like the Muslim ban. With your help, we the people can resist this social injustice. Tune in to our next episode and make sure to check us out on Twitter at Castle Underscore Speaks.